0: The New Challenger! From 8-bit to 35mm, game beds to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for Broke! It's time to press X to reload. You see, Warren Robinette was proud of adventure. He wanted people to know who was behind it.
1: That's why he created the first digital Easter egg. And to find it, you didn't even have to win. You just had to blindly play, searching around in
2: rooms for an invisible dot took the dot back to the main screen and that's when you found the first easter egg ever put in a
0: video game the creator's name hey everybody welcome back to press x to reload the in this case the sequel that wasn't meant to be a sequel about us watching video game films and and seeing how they hold up i am nick moore with me are wayne Brissett and mark athenes wayne good evening gentlemen and mark
1: hey how's it going again (laughs)
0: <laughs> and uh, we say again, so today we are going to be talking about Ready Player One, the film made by Steven Spielberg based off of the book by Ernest, uh, Ernest Klein, I think is the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we already talked about this. There was myself, there was Wayne, there was Mark Athanis, and there was Chris uh, Nijedlik. We were all here. It was a rousing discussion, and then my computer died at the 45-minute mark, and we lost all of my stuff. Everyone else's is there, and my compatriots here were kind enough to send it to me. So if you want to hear it, just, I don't know, tweet about the no-nick cut, and maybe it'll get released. But uh, it's kind of useless without me, since (laughs) I'm full of wind and contribute quite a bit to these. (laughs) But... We have seen this film. It's been a couple of weeks for some of us, and now those of us, like myself, who had never seen it before, have had time to digest it. We'll hide some of the suspense. We all liked it. I know this, unless anyone changed their mind in the last two weeks. Is that the case?
1: (laughs) No, no, definitely not. You
0: didn't watch it again, though, right, I did not, unfortunately, get a chance to watch it again, uh, but I have been running over some of it in my head. So while I might miss a few plot points, I've had time, like I said, to kind of absorb the film a little bit more so now i feel like my reactions are not knee-jerk reactions uh, which is important sometimes Mm -hmm. but we'll we'll start the discussion off again as i think we did before with wayne uh, because i know (laughs) that wayne is a big fan of not just the film but also of the book and has been doing everything short of showing up at my house like a jehovah's witness with the book in hand to get one more person to read it though (laughs) i'm sure it's already quite popular wayne what are your thoughts on the movie Yeah, I mean, I like this movie a lot. I've seen it
2: probably three or four times now. I can't remember. But each time, it's definitely gotten better. Without the typical cliche of the book is better than the movie, which it is, I understand the changes that they did make. uh, They were necessary. But overall, it's directed well. It's fun. It's a cool flashback to a lot of 80s stuff that's really nostalgic to my heart. But yeah, man, it's a good time. Uh, I
0: recommend it. Excellent. And Mark, how about yourself? I know you as well had seen this before, but watching it again and kind of absorbing some of the things that maybe you had missed, how does the film feel for you compared to some of the other video game-ish films that we've watched? How does it kind of represent?
1: Uh, For me, it's a, uh, well, there's two things. I also love the book and I felt like the book is a love letter to my childhood. And this is, this movie is the cold notes of that love letter. So (laughs) it's still great. It's still a love letter um, and I still love it. Of all the adaptations of um, not direct video game, but sort of video game inspired movies, I find this one maybe crosses the most genres because it's not trying to adapt to me. One, you see a little bit of fighter in it, a little bit of shooter, a little bit of the MMO scene, the RPG aspect of it. And on top of that, layered on top of that, from the movie perspective, is again, an homage to everything in the 80s, which again... love letter to my childhood. So I've seen this movie quite a few times, sometimes from beginning to end. Sometimes if it's just on TV and it's on, I will stop what I'm doing, stop channel surfing, and I'm watching the rest of it from wherever it is because I just enjoy this movie so much. There are parts I enjoy more than others, Mm. but...
0: I'm a big fan. No, fair. And again, as I said, I didn't get a chance to watch it a second time just because things have been kind of busy and crazy and whatnot. But I would watch it again, and I do intend to. It's a film that I'm debating whether or not I pick up and kind of put into my physical library and not just, hey, I'll catch it when it's streaming. And the one thing that sticks with me more and more, yes, it's a video game related film, and we'll get into the plot of it. It's not adapted off of a video game, but it is very... It's very designed around the conceit of video games kind of being a key component of the world and solving problems the way you would in a video game. Find these items to solve this quest. But a lot of the references and things they pull off aren't necessarily video games to begin with. The the big one later on being The Shining. The Shining is a horror film from the 80s, and they find a way to inject the the video game kind of style into it not just from an aesthetic level but from how they're interacting with that particular film property which is kind of interesting to me i agree now for anyone who hasn't seen ready player one or read the book it is set off in the i'm not entirely sure maybe you guys can clear it up for me with the book how Mm -hmm. far in the future is this from where we are is this decades or centuries not far no, it's only like a decade, I maybe it, at most.
1: Yeah, yeah. 2030s ish. So I get to be
0: disappointed when we get there and I don't have this stuff. That's what you're telling me.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> like like every Runner. other
0: movie we've watched. That <laughs> a we've woman already- flying car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you have this future where essentially entertainment has become the most important thing to most of humanity. You have have virtual reality that is so immersive that if you have the money for it, you can put on a full suit that will give you the sensation of what's going on. And when you're in it, you can climb mountains, travel the world, and more importantly, be whoever you want to be. If you want to be a superhero, if you want to be a licensed superhero, if you just want to be an anime version of yourself, it's all possible. Mm -hmm. And it creates the problem of why would you ever want to interact with the real world when you have this virtual world, and that's where our main character comes in. Which is interesting, because there's one part about
2: the book that describes the importance of the Oasis to the world, the, the movie makes it seem like it's more for entertainment and gaming, that that's really everybody's lost into this. But the book really focuses on it actually is the way of the future. Like you go to school in the Oasis, right? Mm-hmm. So like a, you go to class and the teacher's like, we're going to learn about the pyramids. You go to <laughs> Egypt cool. through the Oasis. yeah. But you're not there as an avatar or anything. You're there as yourself <laughs> at school. So it's 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 more than just games and, and entertainment. It's it's a way of life. That's everything is through the Oasis now.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a part because the movie doesn't dive as deeply into it where IOI the 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 major corporation, they have what's called loyalty centers and again we're probably jumping way ahead, but like in in essence they they take on people's debt and you work for them kind of like indentured servitude. And that almost doesn't make sense if it's just a video game. It's like, well, why would that ever happen? Like, who's playing a video game and would owe these people enough money to to have to go and be indentured slaves for them? It makes sense when you read the book, and it's it's so much bigger because it's how you work. It's it's how you mortgage your house, and it's everything, right? Like, it, it, sure. it, it mm-hmm. factors into the economy of the world more. So it's
0: um, a missing concept. It's one of the things I was thinking about more after watching the film They do a great job of explaining the Oasis in terms of it being this VR that you can interact with and be whatever you want to be. The film does not touch on any of those, Mm -hmm. any of those factors in terms of your education or any of those other aspects. Being tied into the Oasis. Mm-hmm. So as someone who's never read the book, and I'm a big yeah. believer of if you're going to adapt it, you need to adapt it so that I don't have to have read anything for it to make sense. Drives me crazy when someone mm-hmm. goes, oh, yes, if you read that. No, 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 no. This should stand on its mm-hmm. own. And that's where I feel like this one, it mm-hmm. doesn't fail because I could still enjoy the movie, but that is an added layer that would have helped. And I feel like I know exactly where it should have been placed. Mm-hmm. The monologs mm-hmm. Because this movie starts with the main character having a monologue about, was it the Cola Wars and the Wi-Fi this and that, all these ridiculous terms to say about the the dystopia that they're living in now. And then any other time that he has a monologue, it's one of the things that, and I know it's a pet peeve of mine, so bear with me, it was irritating me that he'd be talking about things where I go, you, one, don't need to describe these things. I've already inferred them from what I'm watching. And two, the scene would be more powerful if you just let the characters have their dialogue rather than you giving a bad voiceover. But things like what you're describing are crucial. Of the overarching reach and kind of how the Oasis is tied into a day-to-day functioning world, that's where they probably could have used a monologue. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of like... In, the, in terms, again, I know we, we're not really here to compare the book to the movie, but it fits that way into the book a little bit. Like before you really start to dive into the Oasis, you have a pretty good understanding of how it's working. And then you dive into the, the story, roller coasters forward, um, and has so many of those great, again, elements that are captured in the movie, which again, I get it. Because there are elements of the book that would be unentertaining as a movie, um, like the first challenge Correct. in the book is so much different than... The, the set piece for the for the first challenge
0: of the movie. So sure, it's
1: I get, it. I do. Get and of it.
0: course, to get anyone in on what's happening, the challenges refer to the man who created the o- Oasis. This very strange individual who's created this whole world. He has this Easter egg planted inside there. If you can get these three keys, then you will own everything. You will own the Oasis, everything it controls, and this is something that is worth. Even if you ignore all the real-world ramifications, it's worth billions. Mm -hmm. And I know that I will point this out a few times, it is drawing heavily off of something else that already exists. In this case, in my opinion, it's it's the golden ticket from Willy Wonka. Correct, But instead of this one ticket that you find by luck by buying a chocolate bar, there's at least some level of agency where, no, no, someone has to be able to figure out the the riddles I've placed in this virtual world or complete the tasks I've placed to prove that they are worthy to take on the mantle after me. And that's where you get your first big set piece because the main character in this story, just like everybody else, wants to be king, wants to have control of this stuff, wants to... Take over the Oasis. And the first one is the most absurd Mario Kart race I think I've ever seen Han film live. <laughs> it is absurd. It is, in my opinion, the litmus test for whether or not you're going to enjoy this film. Because if you watch that first action s- set piece, that race, and you go, this is dumb and phony, leave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're, yeah, that's we're that's not fair. here I for real. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. But if you're here looking for the truest sense of the ultimate video game race done live strap in this has got kong this has got t-rexes on the field this has got swinging wrecking balls going through i'm convinced it's liberty city i'm I'm convinced (laughs) i've played grand theft auto 3 enough times that when they were driving through and you've got all the cars whipping around the locations they're going through feel like Liberty City. And I'm sure it's based off of a real city, but I don't care. This feels like Liberty City.
2: Even the cars are special characters. You got the DeLorean. Yeah. You got
0: Canada's right. bike from Akira. Akira you yeah. got Bigfoot. You got... Yeah, which was really cool. And mm-hmm. it shows... In an early part of the story, the big struggle you'll have later on between, you know, the evil corporations and the normal little guy like you and me, all of the normal people want to express themselves in some way. So they're going in looking like anime characters or chung Lee from Street Fighter or, you know, Batman. They all want to have some kind of flair and express themselves through it, whereas the corporation also wants these golden tickets these keys and they've just sent in a bunch of people that look like robot drones with a number stamped on them because you work for the corporation when you get that ticket <laughs> that belongs to them not you now go out there right. and do your job mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it creates the faceless drones that the audience is allowed to hate even yeah. though they are yeah. real people yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and i think you know one of the um, again one of those, those slight things not super touched on again is the idea of clans because he, he says a few times in the movie he hasn't clan up and it's it's in reference to the fact that he's kind of like like you said he, he's a gunter he's a an egg hunter but like he said he wanted he wants the ticket and like he wants to win it but like in a weird way he almost doesn't like a lot of what he's doing at least or at least the sense i got from a lot of what he does is like he has a true love for what the oasis is and a true love for all of the content and all the things that are in there, and he's almost like a uh, and the creator, yeah. And he he's he's like somebody who likes chasing trophies in like a, a okay. PS4 thing. He's like, I want to get the platinum more than he is. I want to own the company. That's how I felt about him. Like I didn't feel like he was. Oh my god, this is going to make my life. Like he wasn't greedily pursuing it. There's a genuine love of the content and of the creators and, and everything in the Oasis I found, which again is why I feel like it's a love story to my childhood. Cause it's like, it's not about the greed of it. It's about the love of it.
0: Well, and even if you're not looking at from the, the point of chasing achievements, I do feel like he is trying to get those things, but not from the, the sense of, a point of greed it's almost like trying to save the company it's it's like when you have mario trying to save the princess yeah. everyone knows that this evil io corporation is trying to get the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the easter eggs that are in this everyone knows that and there's a straight up contempt towards them from the actual players And I think if he's really trying to go for it, he gives the impression of he doesn't want it to keep it. He wants it to save it, to preserve it. Yes. And Mm -hmm. that really does pay off at the end because, I mean, obviously, spoilers, it's a Spielberg film and an 80s story. He's going to win. But when he wins, he doesn't want to keep it for himself. And we'll get to it, but it does something very similar to Willy Wonka for how he's tested, but he proves to be kind of pure of heart. Mm-hmm. which most 80s heroes tend to be, right? Everything in terms of the story, not just the aesthetics that are on the screen of, ooh, look, it's the DeLorean, and that's awesome, but the way they tell the story is a very pure, distilled, 1980s, good is good, bad is bad, and rock and roll forever kind of story, which is comforting. I know when we watched this the first time, and and we talked about it, and it's lost to time now, but I, I said that I felt like I'd already seen this film, and I, right. I did, and not in the sense of, oh, I know it's going to happen for every story beat, but it felt familiar, yes. right? Mm-hmm. which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it captures yeah. that magic from, again, from your childhood of, for me, the 80s and watching those adventures, watching like the flights of the Navigators and the Goonies and those types of movies. That's how this movie feels to me. It's that, again, the, there's a purity To the characters, they're they're innocent, maybe even a little naive of the real world, but it's so much fun. Like there's so much fun and all of the different
0: set pieces are just so much fun. You never
1: bogged down
0: in the story. And they do a really good job of creating enough of an explanation to how they're able to do these things Mm -hmm. that I can kind of suspend disbelief once you're in there. Because one of my big problems with VR is, all right, you throw it on. How do you feel like you're actually in it? Mm -hmm. To have a four-way directional treadmill underneath the person so when they strap on the helmet and start moving, as far as I can tell, it's taking feedback from what you – not just what you're doing in terms of your physicality, your movement, but it seems to be – to a degree, reading your mind for which direction you plan to be going, so that it knows which way to move and you're not getting screwed up. It's a way smarter VR than stupid Assassin's Creed with its stupid animus. <laughs> <laughs> agree. This one made sense, right? I agree. In my opinion, it's a step in the direction of like your holodeck from star trek yeah which again i always had the issue of okay well you're in a, a holodeck and it's set to western if you start running how are you running the holodeck is 10 feet long right yeah and i'm sure there's explanations in the novels and whatnot but i assume mm. it's something along the lines of what this is doing where the floor just moves yeah but because you're hooked up to it it knows which direction it's supposed to move yeah right it's reacting to you you should see the concept for
2: Ready Player Two on how they do the VR. It's actually <laughs> pretty pretty cool. I just don't want to spoil it yet. But it's I
0: will get to it when I read this. So I'm going I to read this wonder how this year. they were going to do it, and it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> I will read this book this year, and I'll eventually read that one. <laughs> yeah, I but it's little things like that that kind of help sell the world. Yeah, right. And of course, I mean Spielberg and his knack for. And I I am sorry to interrupt myself, Jesus, but I'm curious. Maybe you guys know the answer. Did he seek this out, or did someone approach him in terms of directing? it? Uh, I think it? I saw an interview where Spielberg seeked yeah. it. Yeah, like he had. I could see that. Read
2: about it, and he liked the idea of it, and he wanted to do it. Yeah. I could see it speaking to him. And there's a <laughs> that's what uh, the author said anyway. Well, and you gotta. And again, we or I read the author as we said. as
1: we discussed last time. Part of the the interesting appeal again from the book to this is that like the book is clearly reflective of Spielberg's heavily influence on the 80s. But Spielberg couldn't mm-hmm. throw in all of the Spielberg homages because that's so self-aggrandizing that like he, he almost had to tone it down. <laughs> so yeah. Which still has a crap ton of references to all these things in the 80s, but it's weird to see that with almost minus Steven Spielberg, who is like as big as the ar- an architect of, of the 80s of my childhood as anybody. So it's interesting that you, yeah, he sought it out, but then almost had to be like, okay, but I'm not Mm going to be, it's not going to be a vanity project.
0: Well, it's funny. You don't have any iconic Spielberg things showing up. E.T., I don't think, makes an appearance that I noticed. I don't see Indiana Jones swinging by. The T Rex is probably the only thing I can think of. But I don't think you need any of the specific. Items of spielberg because his fingerprint is all over Correct. this yes. film yes it yeah. is filmed in a way where you don't need to tell me it's him and i know that he made this movie hmm. the way some of the characters kind of present themselves the the start of it when you set up this stacked trailer park dystopia where the main character lives and that one tracking shot going down He loves having a long tracking shot to kind of suck you into a world, especially at the beginning of one of his films. Mm -hmm. And he does it exceptionally well. It has Spielberg all over it without having Spielberg in it. He's good at adventures. If it's an adventure, he's good at it. Right. And And I think he's a really, really smart choice for this. So I'm glad that he was attracted to the project. Mm -hmm. I'd be curious what it would be like if someone else took hold of it, but I don't necessarily know it would be better. I I
2: think if somebody... The studio probably would throw a lot more money at it knowing Spielberg was interested. You know what I mean? Like More than likely.
0: Yeah, I if they had to get somebody else, it might have been half the budget. Yeah. And realistically, if you're going to talk about 80s references, even when I was a kid growing up in the 80s, I didn't know a huge amount about film. But if you said Spielberg, I knew who that was. Exactly. He's the one director you could name, and it's worldwide, even to a kid in that era. Yeah, so he's yeah. kind of the perfect choice to to make this film, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty cool. But you have that you have that ridiculous chase, and you have the the first secret egg key. They use different terms for it throughout, but I think they're keys. They're keys that he uses to unlock and get the Easter yeah. egg. That's what it is. There's yeah. one egg, but three keys. Yeah, yeah. And he decodes this riddle and realizes he has to drive backwards and finds a secret area in the race so he can drive underneath the track. And I know we touched on it, but from a visual standpoint, it just looks really cool because I don't know about you guys, but I glitch a lot of games I play. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I've seen some of your videos. Yes, you I don't do. know you do. what they have against me, but <laughs> I've had a few games where I end up underneath the floor. Yeah. And it had that kind of feel where it... When you're underneath it, you're not seeing it the same way as everyone else. Yeah, it had like that green exoskeleton y kind of look where you're seeing. Like a matrix, almost like you're in the matrix or something. Yeah, Yeah, you're seeing outside (laughs) of the game code essentially, which that spoke to me. Yeah. (laughs) And I was happy to see that that's how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to to see
2: everything underneath it, like, you know, the things coming up like coming up yeah yeah Yeah. things coming out that would push it up like the guns or whatever it's so cool yeah like seeing the wrecking balls when
0: he's in that (laughs) underground area rising up so they could start swinging at everybody Mm -hmm. and it's kind of neat to see that and it's cathartic for him because you watch the race twice you see him almost win it and then kong is waiting at the end and he knows if you try and go kong will destroy you Mm -hmm. And then the second time where he has the secret, when he's driving underneath, you're like, yeah, he got to figure that out. It's always awesome when you kind of fail the level and come back at another time. And Kong can clearly see him (laughs) through that... Uh, I was going to say, core. I think we
2: touched on that. Kong actually looked pissed. Yes.
0: Like he could see him being like, you figured it yeah. out. Well, and that leads me to a question I have. Because again, the way that this is designed, none of this is nitpicking like it's bad. I'm just kind of curious about it. The level of AI that's defined within the actual world. Because you have, mm-hmm. for the most part, it seems like an MMO where everyone interacts with each other. Yeah. But the race, there's no John Smith who logs in and goes, yep, time to be King Kong and gets back. Yeah someone gets through but kong seems to have personality because if he Mm. didn't he wouldn't look pissed about our main (laughs) character our hero getting through the challenge yeah yeah so it's fascinating that they clearly seem to have some level of ai but that's almost Mm. secondary to what's going on because the the vr world is so important right yeah
1: yeah and it's one of those the elements that uh the movie hints to about the game which is that it's almost like there are different realms, right? Like you can go and you can ice ski down a mountain with Batman, right? Like, or you can go yeah, to another Batman. place and <laughs> and you can play a death match, or you can go to one area and it's a nightclub, right? Like, so. It has almost like different realms, right? So again, really tapping into, like you said, the MMO world, which is cool because I guess, yeah, you're right. There would have to be realms where the player just interacts with NPCs or interacts with some sort of AI, kind of right. like the library where they go for the uh, the, the museum for yeah. the, main, the main creator. Yeah.
0: Which is cool. Now, it does lead to another question I have. And again, I don't know what the books answer, but it's just a fun question in my head. So numerous times throughout this, whether it be that first kind of hub area and you see all these characters, that first battle arena the race, I don't think I ever see a character duplicated. So for example, Chun-Li's walking around and I assume it's a player as Chun-Li. Our main character is some Anna May kind of version of himself. No one seems to be duplicated and everyone's kind of, You know, doing these challenges in these games to unlock more currencies so they can buy more DLC. But if you die in the game, you lose all your stuff. So, how much money does it take to buy Batman if you want to be Batman? Probably a lot. Because I'm assuming if you could duplicate, everyone would be Batman. Because I've seen the, you know, always be yourself unless you can be Batman, always be Batman. Mm. So I assume there's some kind of thing in place where you can't double up. They don't really talk about it in the book because everyone is
2: so. But they, but they do talk about it in terms of rarity and the items yes. that everything has their own individualism to it, yeah. but all comes at a at a high price yeah. or a find. Yeah, right? like a doesn't loot, doesn't uh, he uh, rare loot drop? I forget the
1: spaceship he gets in the book. I feel like it's either the Firefly, it's either the Serenity. Or it's the Millennium is Falcon, the or the Nostromo. That's that's his ship. Nice, yeah. And he he talks about how. And again, what my only complaint, genuinely, um, and it's not even a real complaint between the book and the movie. The book has a, a much deeper passage of time because his character is kind of like as destitute yeah. as he is in real life. Um, his character doesn't have any of the resources to do any of the cool things. Like again, that one opening scene where he's collecting coins to put gas in, into his car during the first race. Cause he's so broke. He ends up getting all this resources and money throughout the, the, the key pursuit. But that takes time for him to get like, he gets the money, but then time. he takes time to get the
0: resources and buy all the cool gadgets and get all the upgrades. Okay. But yeah, it does seem like the movie takes place over like five days. <laughs> yeah, it does. The, Which it does. It does not. <laughs> it's like
1: months, maybe a year. In the uh, in the book. So
2: and the book really reminds you that everybody, most of the people gave up even looking for the eggs. You know, it's only IOIs, certain section and what they call egg hunters, right? Gunters are the only people still looking. I know they mentioned that in the film, but the book reiterizes that
0: there's really not a lot of people looking for this. It seems like in the movie, there's not too many people looking for them until he gets that first one correct and now it's oh wow these are real you can get these and people start getting excited about it again yeah right which is pretty on par for any video game out there the second somebody cracks it it doesn't matter how how hard you try and go don't tell anybody yeah you're gonna have someone tell his buddy and his buddy which in the movie this happens and, Mm -hmm. and now everybody's getting this special key and Now it's not special, and time to get the next one. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a secret until somebody on the playground says it out loud, and now it's not a secret anymore. Uh, Which I like that it touched on that, because again, that's the kind of thing from our childhood. Before the days of internet, yes, we're that old, anyone under the age of ancient who's listening – It Mm -hmm. used to be you only knew about stuff if your friend found out from, like, I don't know, Nintendo Power or their buddy or something like that. Yeah. Now all this information flows freely, but it's neat to see, even in a world that's as connected as the one for Ready Player One, information still withheld, including your own name. You are not supposed to tell anyone who you are. Yeah, Information's become the only thing that's really sacred anymore because it's so easily accessible. So it's gone back to those schoolyard days of the one guy who knows a secret kind of matters. Yeah. Which is pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say I also like one of the things about the movie that is so enjoyable to me is it's got a real like yes, they're searching in game, but everything he's doing, he's researching the history and the the whole realm of possibilities of all the again the 80s right there what are the favorite movies what are the favorite songs right like it's it's almost like a a name drop a palooza of like songs artists actors movies right like it's it's so much fun and again if you're a child of the 80s it's it's a fun movie just from the the reminder of all those oh yeah i forgot about like so and so saying that song because i haven't heard
0: that song in like 20 years it's kind of fun. Well, and it's a fine line to walk because if you just do name drops the whole time and, hey, look at this cool thing, you'll never watch it again. You'll see it once and go, yeah. eh. Mm-hmm. But there is at least a genuine heart to the story, which does work. Mm-hmm. Our main character, and I keep saying character, because screw it, this is a video game. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his yeah. name Wade, for the life of me. Parzival. Wade. There we. Oh, that's oh, right. Wade Watts. Wade Watts. Wade Watts. Wade Watts. Remember, it's like a superhero He's yeah. yeah. like Z or something. Yeah, Parzival, but they call him Z. Yeah, he weird. has like three different names. He but does. Z is the shortest one, so I'm going with that, because yeah. it's easy. Mm-hmm. But... You follow Z through this, you know, first challenge of the race and then the, the second challenge of finding the key within the shining of all things. Because our dude that created this, that's the movie that he was going to watch with the woman he's in love with. And The Shining should not be a video game. Mm -hmm. I believe this even more strongly after watching this film and seeing what it would do to you to be in that video game. (laughs) It has to be a VR game. It would have to be VR. Yeah. Uh, It would have to come with a sack somewhere around your pants. It is absurdly Mm -hmm. terrifying. My God. Yeah. It's the best part in the film. And they... They touch on all of the classic things from that film. You've got the twins. You have, you know... The blood in the elevator. You've got the the blood coming out of the elevator. You have the, the hedge maze. All of these things are there. But it's one thing to go, yeah, I'm watching the family run from evil Jack Nicholson. It's another to see these guys who have no tie to this whatsoever being attacked by ramped up video game level versions of this, including the dining room with the dancing where the floor is now missing and all of the ghosts are just floating and you have to jump off of their heads to try and get to the one in the middle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of awesome.
1: I, I yeah. Again, like you said, a, a not supposed to be video game turned into a video game moment and it worked. It's, it's so weird
2: how it works.
0: Well, the best part about that, as we've mentioned before after he gets the key from there, like any she secret... Gets the, she gets the sorry, key. I apologize. Mm-hmm. She. After his partner that he's teamed up with there, she gets the key. Well, now everyone knows that it's there, so... IOI goes in to get it and the cut they do later to them and all of their people wearing their VR things in real life screaming and running around their control center just getting murdered in the quick montage of all of the deaths it's so funny That's it's like so watching good. I don't know if you guys have ever loaded up a YouTube of you know any of your Resident Evils or anything of that sort yeah. where you can watch all the death animations it's watching yeah. that but there's real people going through this Yeah,
2: it's so funny it's probably the highlight of the film yeah.
0: it's the best visual it, gag in the movie just to watch them all screaming and running around not the montage of them dying because that's funny awesome enough looking but them in real life because we all look like idiots when we put on a vr thing you put it on in your living room and you just look like an idiot yeah but to watch them wearing that and just "Ah!" (laughs) 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 absolutely the best yeah so yeah like there's a lot of really cool moments in in terms of some of the action that they put into the film, but they at least balance it out with a character that is pretty likable, and you you want to see him succeed. Mm-hmm. And they build around him a decent enough crew that you start to like as well. Like we mentioned, you have this girl that he's kind of fawning over who... She was... Shoot, I'm trying to remember her her name now. I'm always terrible um, at this.
1: What is her name? Her gamer uh, tag? Uh,
2: I know it. Jeez.
1: Well, then he's got his friend... <laughs> Um, That's what happens
2: when again they have two weeks
0: or whatever to, to talk. about. Well, yes, but they have their their gamer tags. But again, they're not supposed to know each other's real names, which you know has some nice payoffs later. You know, one being in the club when he tells her his real name and she just Artemis. loses her Artemis. There we Artemis. go, Artemis. Yeah. Uh, it's a really big deal because, of course, the second he says his name out loud, what if IOI hears it? What if they can now track him down? And of course they do. They do. And of course, IOI, being the big company they are, they detonate his home. <laughs> with, <laughs> I mean, how many people die there? I mean, yeah. he's living with his his aunt and her boyfriend. pretty lousy boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Probably somewhere 25 to 50s, around. my guess. And I think he lost his parents in like the cola Wars or mm-hmm. one of those other things that happened. And as I mentioned before, they serve no purpose in this film, no emotional growth whatsoever. The aunt and the boyfriend are just there so that he can go. Oh no, they killed Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. I guess I have to join the rebellion now. Correct. Yes, because of course there is a rebellion to stop the evil corporation ripping off star Wars, but they detonate like, I don't know. These things are stacked up 15, 20 high and they blow this thing up with drones So I'm saying 25 to 50 people minimum. Minimum. Right.
1: Not to mention the collateral from the fallout of it falling over and whoever got hurt when it fell over. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's one of the only complaints that I have, and it's a complaint not just against this film, but a lot of 80s films do this. The collateral damage is always completely ignored by our heroes. It feels like especially in this film, the damage that happens to people in the video game world seems to matter more than the real people that blew up 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And any violence that does happen in the real world tends to be fairly bloodless, which again, I get you're going for a rating, but when you're trying to have and we stir him to join the rebellion, it just feels like that emotional hit doesn't really, yeah, doesn't really land. It really does feel like Artemis saved me and I got to see her in real life and she's pretty. So now I'm part of the rebellion. Oh, right. Yeah. My aunt also died.
2: <laughs> Those bombs were too precise for stormtroopers. You troopers. need to read
1: the book. <laughs> Yeah, the, the book actually actually really takes care of that, in my opinion anyway, especially because of the passage of time, because he goes into hiding because he's afraid someone is going yeah. to murder him. And so, like, the consequences well, of fair. that are serious to him because he's like, whoa, I got to get out of here. Someone's trying to kill me. Well,
0: so it's people cruel. are trying to murder him. People that is are true. trying to murder you him. You have ioi drones Mm -hmm. and then you have tj miller as the most badass looking henchman that's ever graced the screen with a skull for a chest that is open his skull is a chest not a skull on it his skull is a chest he (laughs) is the highlight (laughs) his character
1: is so funny he's the highlight of the movie for me every scene he's in is the best scene
0: for me and it's ridiculous because Because he is just
2: a gamer he's right he's a gamer
0: he looks like the most intimidating foe you can face and then he opens his mouth and it's tj miller yes yeah (laughs) yes and he's he's just your normal tea bagging i just want all the loot kind of gamer and it's hilarious so good but he is legitimately deadly in that world, mm. and he's chasing him in game. And the scary lady that works for the main villain is chasing Z in the real world, so there is legitimate danger for him.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you'll have to jog my memory. I've already forgotten what the third challenge was. <laughs> is it the-, the playing Atari?
2: Remember, they had to find the original Easter egg in the very first video the final game. I, oh, I thought that's
1: or the what second it was. challenge? The second challenge, or well, the, the final first challenge, challenge is the race.
2: The second, the second is, challenge. yeah,
1: second challenge is the shiny. The
2: third one is they gotta find the Easter egg in, in
0: okay. Adventure in which On Atari. During the the first viewing of the film, I called that because was like, well, if it's an Easter egg, I know the first Easter egg that was ever put into a game. Karen's <laughs> yeah. like, shut up, stop ruining this yeah. movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was right. I know yeah. my eighties lore. Glad yeah. to use that <laughs> word at least once a year. You are. <laughs> I've had to retire that <laughs> word. But That was kind of awesome. It's such a ridiculous looking setup in a film to have this ice planet that looks all, you know, like foreboding and this path going down. And it leads to a tiny little television with an Atari system. And you just see people lining up one by one and trying to play these old Atari games. and, And it just drops you into the ice if you fail and that's it see you around mm-hmm. buddy because they're all mm-hmm. playing it wrong they're trying to beat the game and you're supposed to look for the easter egg Love that it. was that was pretty cool yeah yeah and i do like that it was one console like you couldn't ha-
2: it wasn't like you just showed up and anybody could play at the same time it mm-hmm. was no you had to join a line
0: of hundreds or thousands of people but that's the 80s <laughs> to feel get your trip. Mm-hmm. yeah like when we Wait were kids, turn. it was the, oh, you've got the, the Nintendo. You've got one. Awesome. I don't have one yet. We're all going to go over to your house and we'll take Wait my turn turns. Yeah, exactly. Which it's kind of cool how they're drawing off of that stuff. It's not just drawing off of 80s tropes on film or video game tropes. It's it's drawing off of our own experiences growing up, which is kind of neat for anyone who did. For sure. As I said, it has to have a somewhat decent film to base it around first, otherwise you'll lose anyone outside that age group, but that's why I had Parker with me. He definitely did not grow up in the 80s, Mm Nope. but he still thought all of the cool stuff happening on screen is worth watching, all the explosions and fights and chases and whatnot. There's almost a pull at the, the heartstrings, not in like a sad, sappy kind of way, but in a very nostalgic kind of way for well, old people like us. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I think that's why I enjoy this movie so so much. Is it's such a trip down? It's not just a trip down memory lane because they're referencing awesome things. It's a Trip down memory lane because they're they're referencing experiences in your life, like. You remember what it was like to play those
2: games. Like, it's so much fun. Yeah, Sometimes nostalgia can be blinding, though, right? It can be. Mm -hmm. Someone who's not nostalgic can watch this movie and say, it's not a very good movie. But because we kept, we were enjoyed because we kept seeing things we recognized Mm -hmm. or things we understood or things we experienced. Mm -hmm. So even if it's not a good movie,
0: we got enjoyment out of reliving that. 100%. Sure. I think as a movie, it's good. As someone who grew up in that era, it's great. I think that's the difference, right? Absolutely. It's a solid enough film on its own. But... If you're part of that group that it's trying to speak to, then it's it's going to reach you. Yeah, and of course it has what we all expect: your big battle between the good guys and the bad guys at the end. Because you have I O I is lined up all their soldiers to try this machine, and Z has given an inspiring speech that rallies, as far as I can tell, every player who is logged on to just come over the hill like it's Avengers assembling times a thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and too many moments to touch on but i know my favorite will be the iron giant showing up and me thinking that's as good as it's going to get followed by mecha godzilla followed by Gundam Gundam. (laughs) showing up to fight mecha godzilla at that point there's nothing more for me until z fights the main dude and busts out a hadouken then i can walk away rest (laughs) of the movie doesn't matter yeah
1: Yeah. i (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that for me the highlight of that fight is the weirdest one it's she throws a bomb and it's toy that i told I, I forgot again we talked about it the first time and i forgot it again oh, right
0: right right yeah um it's a yeah, little those squishy toys squishy balls, balls, balls or something and it, like that and yeah. it's
1: like it's it's they're monster heads right and they're uh yeah anyway <sighs> that was one of it's my amazing. like genuine like callback to a childhood moment because i never even owned that toy i just remember the commercials for it and i was like oh my god that is such a meta reference to something from my childhood from a commercial (laughs) that because commercials back then were amazing they were amazing do you remember the laser the laser tag commercials oh my god
2: oh yeah (laughs) the other funny moment in that battle is when the movie drops pretty much i think it's first and only swear word and they go with a big one when chucky oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> when chucky's no. out killing everybody and the guys literally yeah. like it's fucking
2: chucky chucky yeah. <laughs> and he gets i killed. like
0: that <laughs> they build him up to be such a terrifying force. And then with the unlimited budget that is Spielberg, you get to see Chucky, the killer doll be an unstoppable force Yeah, yeah. and not just him destroying people in the game. It's when it cuts back out to the real world <laughs> yes. and you just see the number of people whose suits are shutting down. Cause he's just tearing <laughs> through them. Yeah. Yes. Like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's something that they did a couple of times really effectively When it would cut back to the real world to show how many players are getting knocked out of a battle by something that happens in game, it was a good way of showing not just the amount of scale of how damaging that was, but it would show why they're able to gain some ground against the evil corporation. Mm -hmm. They have to take the time to get those people out of their suits, get someone else to come back in, start the queue. It kept giving the good guys just a little bit more time because Mm -hmm. essentially the respawn timer, which is a very relatable thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, you've died in the epic battle. You must now wait 28 seconds before you are allowed to respawn right. and fight again. Like, it's so good.
0: That was kind of cool. And then you have, like I said, your big cathartic kind of moment at the end where your hero gets the three keys. He's in there to to find this Easter egg. And it's just the the bedroom of the guy who created this thing. But back when he was a kid, because he was just lonely. All he had were video games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he shows him here's a button you can press and it'll shut everything down, or you can keep it all. And he he doesn't want to have all of it. He just wants it to be there for for everyone. It's very similar to the Willy Wonka test of you know him telling him you lose, and he still tries to do the right thing and give him the candy that he could have stolen and walked out of there. Yeah. When he goes, oh yeah, sign these papers and you'll have complete control to have Z go. Well, no, I, I it's wrong for any one person to have complete control. That the Oasis should belong to all of us. Yeah. And, That's the hero you want to have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Now, of course, there's lots of things we didn't touch on because if you're just going to try and recount all of the things that happen in this movie, it's absurd. It is a very busy film. It does not take a breath. That's why I thought it took place over five days. It just seems to motor forward. The amount of
2: Easter eggs in this Easter hunt, (laughs) Easter egg (laughs) hunt is is insane. Well, and
0: just the amount of talent. Like we haven't even mentioned Simon Pegg is in this as a Pretty prominent role, not in terms of screen time, but an important character yeah. throughout. Yeah. Ben Mendelssohn as the villain. He's Right. <laughs> and he's amazing as the villain. Yeah. Amazing. He's got the right combination of like business cunning, but also kind of a real world cowardice. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, you're a wimp in real life, but once it comes to the boardroom, you're tough. Kind of similar to some people who are a wimp in real life, yeah. but put a controller in their the hand. Keyboard and they're warriors, a warriors, right? Yeah. He's a keyboard warrior. Right. Yeah until he has his gun at the end and he's gonna threaten all of the people in the community that you know let's rewind one or two days ago when he blew up an entire trailer park of them Mm -hmm. but like every 80s movie it ends with the cops just showing up at the very end and arresting him and Mm -hmm. it may as well have had rodney dangerfield bust out with like A big group of partiers and, like, any way you want it playing in the background. It was such an 80s ending. (laughs) And to show you how much,
1: like, for me, of an 80s ending it is, as despicable of a villain as he has been for almost the entire runtime, at the end, when he sees that Wade is one, like, genuinely one, he doesn't do anything. He's actually, he smiles. Like, that almost deep... That deep yeah. part of him that is still a kid that still that still originally loved the oasis genuinely is happy that somebody legitimately won the competition because it's an eighties film and he's not really all right.
0: bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, despite all the murder, despite all and the and murder slavery. and his intent to <laughs> kill and slavery. Decisions? yeah Yeah. despite the murder and slavery he wasn't that bad yeah that's about the most 80s statement you could make yeah Yeah. he's mr rooney and ferris bueller right like he's you know oh my god he's the main villain that does not not make him sound bad (laughs) (laughs) referring to uh, as mr rooney does not age well that makes him sound so much worse (laughs) oh god like is there anything that we missed the that's really kind of worth pointing out whether it be a plot point or a character beat or just any small thing i feel like we've touched on a few i mean Mm. if if you heard the first one we did we touched on a whole bunch of other stuff but too bad yeah
1: yeah i think the only thing for me is is maybe under almost underselling the heart of this movie it really does have a sort of you know Warm you right in the cockles of your heart, type feel. Like it's just, ah. mm-hmm.
0: it just gets you right in the Somewhere cockles. Somewhere in the subcockle region? Right in the subcockles.
1: <laughs> it's just great. It's just such a fun, it awesome is. movie. It really
2: is. You know, for me to really enjoy any type of medium, whether it be a book or a film, you always want to try and put yourself in that universe or even in that character's mm-hmm. shoes. And if you're somebody who grew up in the 80s and 90s and you were a gamer or you loved movies, in short if the oasis existed I would be consumed in it for sure yeah. oh yeah and that's 100%. what I love about this is because I if the oasis existed I'd be dead <laughs>
0: f***ing
2: yeah no, you'd be in a loyalty center you'd be in a loyalty center working in off a in debt center. from with I I would be yeah. in a
0: loyalty center <laughs> yeah. strapped up working off all of my numerous debts but I would have like the most badass costume in game last quick question. Ready player 1, you get to be whatever avatar you want. What are you when you're in there? Kenshiro. Nice. That's a good one. That's a
2: good one. I got to go. Given the Fist nature of This is the North star the, for those who don't know.
1: Yeah, given the nature <laughs> oh, I, of I mean for the, those listening that don't know. Fair. Of okay. the setting, like given given how extreme all things are in there, my heart would want to say Han Solo but I'm going to have to go with Guyver because Han Solo is not
0: OP enough to take on the That's also an excellent things. pick.
2: Might even have been my second pick.
0: Yeah. Nice. I'm going to go with Dan. I will go with Spider-Man because I, I just... Yeah. How else are you going to be able to web swing? Oh, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And if you have to worry about losing your stuff, my spidey senses would protect me from anyone shooting me in the back in that game. Yeah. You want to talk OP? I give you Peter Parker. I agree. I would take Spider-Man. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All good picks. But... I recommend this to anyone who grew up in the era that we did. If you grew up in the 80s and 90s, this is the film for you. If you like Spielberg films, mm-hmm. this is the film for you. If you're a
1: gamer, uh, if this you want is something
0: that really gets into the nitty-gritty of the dystopian future, uh, watch Blade Runner. It's also excellent, but it touches on things a little bit more clearly than this. This is very loosey-goosey with how it touches on the world outside of the VR unit itself. But it is a good film. I do recommend it. And it's video gamey enough that we were allowed to talk about it. When we come back, we have a film that we all know how it's going to go. Because like I said, we already watched this and went ahead and watched some other stuff. So I'm going to ruin the suspense for you all. And we suffered through Gamer. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Which is
2: back-to-back films in which the creator of a VR world is, is kind of like a weird person yes he's a weirdo so
0: if anyone says a movie where VR takes over the world that's a dumb idea well Ready Player One tried to prove you wrong now you get to see the movie where you're proven right <laughs> yep
2: pick your poison
0: join Come. us next time for that one I'm still getting flashbacks from it it is an exhausting film but we thank you for joining us this time <laughs> on Press X 3 Reload I have been Nick Moore with me as always we're Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanis gentlemen thanks for having us
2: yeah
0: Take care and stay safe out there. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athanis, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review, we'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.